Everybody hear me good? I've been getting some practice down there at the retirement center. They always say they can't hear me too good. <laughs> so, um, I don't have any funny jokes to tell you or nothing. So, about what I do is normally just dive in because I'm, I'm too nervous and I get caught in the mouth and I have to just go. That way I can get on to the water fountain. So, all right. Well, we're going to talk tonight about temptation and how that sin affects. It affects all of us. It's not... You know, it's, it's, it's not something that just unbelievers go through. It's, it's what we all, we all deal with it. We all have, you know, uh, we all have our little issues, our little areas. And, uh, you know, we're called apart from this as Christians, as believers in Christ. We're, we're called to, to walk away from such things. And, you know, in the middle of writing all this, uh, my wife gets up every morning, cooks me breakfast, and some days, I just don't want it. I just don't want it. I get up, and I walk off, and I leave it alone. And But when I get to work, you know, you got to have something. I mean, me and Ray, we walk about three to five miles a day, what we do. I mean, you got to have energy to move, you know, you, so. And this morning, I left, and, and I, I didn't eat breakfast. And I bought these little cakes, and I was sharing with Jim. And in about an hour or two later, I barely could hardly even. I mean, I was sluggish. I couldn't think right. But and my point is that is whose fault was that? It was mine. You know, she got up. There was a meal prepared for one. I'm the one who chose to do, you know, I'm the one who chose to do without it. I'm the one who chose, you know, something different. So anyway, telling you that, I'm trying to give you a clearer picture how a lot of people view sin, uh, temptation being the main part of it, you know. And I'm talking about the sins that, that kind of draw us in, the ones that, you know, you try to stay away from, but, you know, it's inevitable it's going to catch you at one point or another. And a, a lot of the reasons that these uh, sins keep grabbing hold to us is because we're choosing something inferior, you know, like our our food-wise, like when I did that breakfast, I got up and I chose something that was no good for me, you know. I just, I wanted what I wanted, you know. So anyhow, we need something that's going to be more stable for us, something that'll stay with us longer. And uh, I seen Mr. Lamb the other day, and he gave me a thought. He said, uh, what you feed lives, and what you starve dies. And that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense to me. I, d I didn't think of it like that. And, you know, this is just how our sin can capture us. It's, uh, especially when we're weak and we're weary, or, you know, you, we all have bad days. And we all have them days where the devil is just picking on us. But, you know, it's when we've made bad decisions and chose what the world has offered, the nourishment of the, what the world has offered us instead of what God offers us. You know, and the bad thing is, is we do this all the time. You know, uh, I, speaking for myself, personal experience, I think that I can do better for me than what anybody else can. You know, I can, uh, you know, I know what's best for me. And, and I don't know about y'all, but I do this all the time. I have to fight myself, and I have to question my motives behind it. But, uh, you know, Is, 
I believe it's disheartening to God. You know, when we when we choose things like that. You know, and you have people that say that God is loving, is forgiving, and that's all true. But the the, the thing of it is, is is God can love you and dislike exactly. He he can love you and dislike the things that you do. And. My point is, is, is he can be, he can be at your birth and your death all at the same time, and not miss anything in the middle. And we think that we're hiding something from him. We think that we can go off in our little secret places and hide things. Uh, the scripture says that he searches our hearts, and he knows everything. And even one of the psalmists went as far as to say, "If I made my bed in hell, you will be there." You know, so we can't get away from him. You know, and uh, Romans says that what shall what shall we say? Shall we go on sinning that grace may increase? You know, they had a I guess that was their way of thinking about it. You know, but we can we're saved now. We can do whatever we want to. And Paul says, surely not. And I, I agree with him. We we've been redeemed. Uh, we've been freed from that sin, and. Uh, we shouldn't search these things out no more. We're, we're supposed to walk away from them. You know, God has given us Jesus. That's his most, that was his most prized possession. Uh, and yet we tend to look for something better. You know, there, there is nothing better than Jesus. There's, you know, there's nothing else going to satisfy your longings. There's nothing else going to, you know, curb them hungers. There's, you know... Nervous. Anyhow, so normally I read to people. That's what I do, but I'm practicing on y'all to speak normal. This is supposed to be a conversation, and I'm not really good at conversation. Everybody I speak to at the retirement center, they're they're just listening to me. <laughs> I feel bad for them, but but anyhow. The things that we're seeking for is not going to give us our strength. And, you know, we're, we're still talking about foods and stuff like that because that is something that we need to live. I mean, that, and I just, I love eating. So. But if, if earthly foods will not keep you sustained, you know, we have to, to go after the manna that God gives us. You know, the... I was sitting there thinking as I was reading my Bible one day. You know, every time you open your Bible, you're sitting at the table with God. You're sitting at the dinner table. And he's lavished that table. It's got everything on it that we'll ever need. We tend to get upset with God when our lives start going down dark areas, you know. And we believe he's not anywhere to be found most of the time. That's me, I mean, I can say that, you know. We're wrong, though, you know. When, when God seems far off, it's us who's walked off. You know, every time that I've ever went through anything, it's because I've turned my back. 
and I've started chasing after other things. And I wrote down the, the wedding feast parable because it talks about the servants who, who uh, didn't come when they were invited. So then God, or the king, invited people out of the streets, and there was this one fellow, he didn't even have the right clothes on. I could be wrong, but my understanding reading in the commentaries that that fellow that didn't have the clothes on, you know, he was thrown out, but he was invited. He knew what he was supposed to do. He knew what he was supposed to have, and yet he chose his own way, and he got tossed out. God, on the other hand, has invited us, and he sent an open invitation, open invitation to join him. Here's a place reserved for each of us. No one's going to get your seat. And he's made all the arrangements, and he wants, he, he wants each and every one of us to be there. Amen. Be there. Sorry. You know, uh, dinner time has gotten way off course, and, and, and I, I've thought about it, but... Uh, you know, of course, it never was like this in my home, but uh, at friends' houses, you know, you'd, you'd go to their house and you'd have dinner and it'd be, you know, the mom, the dad, the kids, and even some of the little stragglons, which was me, would be sitting at the table. And what they were doing, they were checking with these kids to see where they were in life, what, what they were going through, you know, how their day was. And nowadays, things just aren't like that. People are in too big a rush, you know. It's gotten way off course. You know, people are, some people know more about their waiters and, and than they do their own family. Um, but I don't think God's table is that way. Uh, I think his is like the first one we discussed. You know, God, God is a God of order, and he's a God of intention. And uh, I believe he goes out of his way to let us know that he wants a relationship with us. Um, he even went as far as to tell us that he invited us to a feast. <clears throat> We're family with God. Amen. You know, just like them people sitting in there with my friends, they accepted me as one of their kids. You know, they, they could have told me, go home. It's dinner time, you need to go home. But they didn't. Go wash your hands, sit down. There's a plate sitting on the table for you. I'd come across a statistic, I'll try to say that right. It's called Christians that are adopting the ways of the heathens. <laughs> heathens, <laughs> heathens, whichever way you say it. So I just shortened it down and called it a heathen Christian. It, it sounds bad, but... what we see in churches today. You're getting to where you can't even tell the difference between a Christian and a non-believer. They're mingling in the same things. Um, they come and they enjoy, enjoy worship with us. They enjoy fellowship. And just like a normal Christian. But the difference is, is God's not governing their lives. Uh, they leave the church and go and do whatever they please, and that's their attitude about it. You know? And 
we've all done things like this. We've all done kind of deceitful things that way concerning with God. You know, say one thing, do another. <clears throat> but it's a contradiction to what Scripture says a Christian ought to be. And for what we read in the Bible, you know, there's, a Christian is supposed to be a servant. They're supposed to be humble. They're supposed to... Most of them felt unworthy. I mean, that's just my coming off of reading it. But in today's times, it's not like that. People don't think like that. Most times, people are coming to church to be served, to be entertained. Um, and if not most of them, almost all of them are beginning to be prideful. Uh, I mean, some people even say, I, God should just be happy I got here. You know, it's... I feel that we're the we're the ones that ought to be grateful. Uh, you know, some 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 come to churches with agendas, and uh, they they you know other members they they wind up hurting other members or not really members but just other churchgoers. And uh, a lot of times they don't care what the consequence is or how they look to others. Now. Um, Scripture says this isn't how church should be. You know, it, there were letters wrote to churches, a correction, you know. But it also says that we have to be on guard and watch out for false teachings that have already made its way into the church. As I was doing this, I was kind of wondering what happened to the fear of God. You know, where did it go? Where did the fear of the Lord go? And I didn't grow up in church. You know, I, didn't, I don't think I started going to church until I was 28. And I think I got saved when I was 30. But I knew when I walked in that door, this is a place that, you know, this is God's place. This is God's people. It's not something just cavalier or something that we just do. We're called out of that life and we're told never to go back. It says never to be tangled back into sin again. Do not turn back to it. The sad thing is some of us do. I can, I've done it. You know, we get in our secret places and we think that God can't see us. Well, the truth is, He can. We tend to turn back to our old natures. You know, the one that God has redeemed us when He cleaned us and made us holy to Himself. And we take it and we do awful things with it. And in our minds, we don't think that anybody can see us. You know, no one seen me looking at things I had no business looking at or doing things I had no business doing. God's seen it. And he's the only one that counts. 
we as Christians have the Holy Spirit in us. And, you know, I... I know how it is to forget where you're at. I mean, I know how it is. Sometimes we do forget. But we have the Holy Spirit in us. And that comes from God. So everything I say and do, He's already got a record of it. I have Him living in me. So basically, I got somebody telling on me. I'm kind of a visual learner. <laughs> I think all of us are. But I've seen this, and I have to try it. So, You know, it, it, we the, Satan, he just comes around and he just starts taking, throwing stuff out at you. And it's kind of like fishing. It's kind of like fishing. And what he does is he sticks that fish, he sticks that bait out there at you to see if you're going to take it. Some of us are wise enough to know what he's up to. He'll try something else. Let's see. That's a hundred dollars. I had to borrow it, by the way. <laughs> I had to borrow it from my fifteen-year-old. <laughs> but that's what he does. He'll take it and he'll stick it out there just like that. And he'll be like, "You want this?" Oh, this ain't good enough for you? I'll try something else. You want this? And he does this all day. He'll do it all day long. He's got it all day. You, on the other hand, don't. So we live in a world where we're constantly bombarded by stuff like this. They were supposed to be gummy worms first, but I'm not wasting any of them. I'll be eating them on the way home. <laughs> The devil will do whatever, whatever it takes to separate us from God. That's what temptation is. Anything that will take your mind off of God, that's temptation. Anything that will allure you away from him, that's temptation. And when one tactic doesn't work, he'll find something maybe much worse to kind of draw us in. Sometimes we forget that we have an enemy that's just lingering around waiting on to destroy us. There's no getting away from this. We can't. We have to face these. We can't get away from temptation. It's a daily struggle until God calls us home. Each day we have a decision to make as to whom we're going to serve. And God is saying, I'm here. I'm here to give you life. I'm going to give you salvation if you'll serve me. The devil, he's over here offering you garbage. He's offering you brokenness. And he's offering you death. We're offered two eternities here. One is to the living God and one is to death. This mic's a little too loud. <laughs> we have to be diligent and on guard as the apostle said. God calls us to be a better example to the world. And this is an honorable request and one that should be done to the best of our abilities.
We can't be making the same choices that the world does. You know, God set us apart. And in closing, I wasn't going to because I didn't think I'd have enough time, but apparently everybody's going to have enough time to go home early. (laughs) I'm going to tell you a story about when I was a little boy. My mother was a single mom to two kids. And she tried to do everything by herself. She didn't want my family knowing, you know. She worked nights and took care of us during the day. And every day on the dinner table, it was beans and cornbread. <laughs> don't sound too bad to you, to you eating it every day. It don't. We had a car, though. We had a house or a little mobile home we lived in. So my aunt called and said, can you take me to the grocery store? So while I'm sitting in the back of this old Impala, I'm listening to their conversation about how they're going to have cheeseburgers and french fries and ice cream. So on the way back, I take the cheese out and I stick it under my shirt. And then when we get back home, I stick it in the refrigerator. Because I knew that woman was going to call back wanting a cheese. <laughs> I'm asked the main ingredient to a cheeseburger. <laughs> so she called and asked about it and I told my mom what I'd done. We wound up having to take it up there, and I had to apologize to her face to face. And they invited us for dinner, and my mom said no. Which that was my whole goal, by the way. My mom said no. You know, I don't know if it's pride or she just want, didn't want nobody knowing her business. And I pitched a fit, and I told her, I was like, I'm tired of eating beans. All you do is cook beans. I mean, even our leftover nights is beans. I still remember the look in her face. She wasn't angry with me. I think I just upset her, broke her heart. Here she was, working, staying up with those kids, and here I am complaining. I think a lot that God's like that. Here he is, he gives us his best. We're trying to get something better, always trying to get something better. Y'all stay with me. We'll have prayer.